The views and opinions expressed in Eye on the Triangle do not represent WKNC or the student media. Good evening, Raleigh, and welcome to this week's Eye on the Triangle, an NC State student-produced news show on WKNC 88.1 FM HD1 Raleigh. I'm Owen Trainer. On tonight's episode, Elizabeth Esther interviews Mike Otis, the founder of Battle-Tested Craft Barbecue Sauce. But first, we have stories from the North Carolina News Service. Stay tuned. Parents should catch their kids up on missed doctor visits and, in some cases, vaccinations to protect themselves and their communities before they return to school. That's the message in a new report by the American Academy of Pediatrics and the Georgetown University Health Policy Institute. Earlier this year, the CDC reported that orders for all non-influenza childhood vaccines had decreased by around 11 million doses, a direct result of fewer pediatric visits. Elizabeth Hudgens with the North Carolina Pediatric Society says that could put more kids at risk for becoming ill from communicable diseases such as measles. Vaccines are absolutely important for kids at all ages, and they are a great way to keep kids safe in school and out of school. The report says visits to providers' offices fell by 58 percent for all age groups in March of last year, and visits for toddlers dropped 75 percent, the largest decline by any age group. Some parents don't immunize children for religious reasons, while others worry about potential health risks of some vaccines, although those are reported to be extremely rare. President of the American Academy of Pediatrics, Dr. Lee Beers, explains while visits can set a child on track to stay Stay healthy and safe. Your pediatrician will make sure that you're up to date on your vaccine, but will also check in on growth and development and your child's mental health and make sure that chronic diseases are taken care of. So there's lots and lots of reasons to get back to your pediatrician now. According to the North Carolina Health Area Education Centers, some pediatricians have allowed sibling well-child visits, so parents only have to come into the office once instead of twice or more, and have implemented more consistent schedules for telehealth visits and in-person follow-up. This is Nadia Romlagon for North Carolina News Service. Find our eight trust indicators to support transparency and accuracy at publicnewsservice.org. Massive wildfires in the western U.S. and Canada have triggered poor air quality in North Carolina over the past few weeks. And health experts say it's important for residents to know traveling smoke can cause more than hazy skies. Pediatrician and health programs manager at Clean Air NC, Dr. Stephanie Johannes, says research shows tiny particles can penetrate the lungs and cause a range of health problems. We know that when that air from the West Coast shows up here in North Carolina, it's affecting our air quality here and it's really putting 
putting people, everybody at risk for health problems, but especially those people that already have some heart or lung conditions, especially people with asthma. The CDC says wildfire smoke can make people prone to lung infections, including the coronavirus. According to NOAA, a warmer and drier climate is expected to lead to more frequent and intense fires and smoke plumes, which in turn are expected to affect more people. Johannes points to research published earlier this year by scientists at the Scripps Institution of Oceanography at the University of California, San Diego, which found that the fine particles in wildfire smoke can cause more harm to human lungs than particulate matter from other sources, such as car exhaust. There is a lot of data that shows that this particular kind of pollution contributes to um, to mild symptoms like eye or respiratory tract irritation, but also to really severe things, worsening um, heart and lung conditions that people have and even causing premature death. She encourages families with young children, the elderly, and those with a chronic disease to regularly check their local air quality index at airnow.gov. Air quality indexes use ozone and particle pollution measurements from 0 to 300. Anything over 100 is unhealthy for people in those sensitive groups, and anything over 150 is something that's risky really for everybody. Johannes recommends planning outdoor activities or exercising on lower air pollution days and says it's important to talk to your doctor or child's pediatrician about air quality concerns. This is Nadia Romlagon for North Carolina News Service. Find our eight trust indicators to support transparency and accuracy at publicnewsservice.org. Local health departments that rely heavily on advanced practice registered nurses say the costly contract requirement that they be supervised by a physician are draining already scarce resources and affecting North Carolina's most vulnerable populations. By law, APRNs must work under doctor supervision, have a collaborative practice agreement, and meet once every six months with their supervising physician. Health Director at Guilford County Public Health Department Dr. Ulia Vaughn says her large APRN staff bans the field of maternal health, primary care, family planning, and HIV and STD prevention and care. And all of these team members, they have to have a supervising physician based on the uh, requirements from the Board of Nursing in order for them to stay licensed and certified. The SAVE Act introduced in North Carolina this year would remove supervision requirements statewide. But physician groups like the American Medical Association maintain patients are better served by an integrated care team led by a physician. Vaughn notes her department shells out tens of thousands of dollars for supervision contracts. Our role in the community and our services to our community are really nurse-driven, and we do not have the resources to, to include some of these collaborations all the time. At the Craven County Public Health Department, Health Director Scott Harrelson says physician oversight costs his department around $91,000 a year. He explains they rely mostly on primary care physicians to help keep contract costs low. They can go from pediatrics and adult primary care. So you could see some maybe a potential savings of just doing one contract for the whole shebang, especially if you're a smaller health department that doesn't have a whole lot of volume coming through on your primary care. One 2018 study of rural health clinics in the southeast found loosening supervision requirements for nurse practitioners improves the numbers of providers, health care access, and quality of care in rural regions. This is Nadia Romlagon for North Carolina News Service. Find our eight trust indicators to support transparency and accuracy at publicnewsservice.org.
As activists mark more than 100 days of protests since the April 21st death of Andrew Brown Jr., killed outside his Elizabeth City home as police officers served a warrant on drug charges, faith leaders are now voicing support for drug law reform. Brown, who was unarmed, was shot as he attempted to drive away after officers surrounded his vehicle. The Reverend Dr. Jennifer Copeland says harsh drug laws disproportionately affect the state's black and brown communities. What we're trying to do at the council is help make the connection between the fact that the war on drugs is a failed policy that fundamentally misunderstands what substance use is all about and how it should be handled. According to the Drug Policy Alliance, nearly 80% of people in federal prison and 60% of people in state prisons for drug offenses are black or Latino. The group Human Rights Watch says every 25 seconds in the U.S., someone is arrested for possessing drugs. Protesters and Brown's family continue to demand the release of body camera and dash cam footage from the shooting. North Carolina NAACP President Reverend Dr. T. Anthony Spearman says he hopes the state can reform its criminal justice system to hold law enforcement accountable. Is to find a better system, a more just system as it relates to especially these prosecutors, these district attorneys who are making these unilateral decisions to more or less justify those who are killing African-Americans. Spearman also believes it's up to church congregations to help individuals like Andrew Brown Jr. The faith community could have risen up to assist him, and I think that's the role that, that needs to be filled by many in the faith community. A review of federal and state incarceration data by the Associated Press reveals between 1975 and 2019, the nation's prison population jumped from around 240,000 to more than 1.3 million, largely as a result of drug offenses. This year marks the 50th anniversary of President Richard Nixon's declaration of the war on drugs. This is Nadia Romlagon for North Carolina News Service. Find our eight trust indicators to support transparency and accuracy at publicnewsservice.org. I'm Elizabeth Esser with WKNC 88.1's Eye on the Triangle. Joining us today is Mike Otis, local veteran and founder of Battle Tested Craft Barbecue Sauce. Mike, thank you so much for joining us today on Eye on the Triangle. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. So I'm from North Carolina, so I have to ask, is it vinegar-based or tomato-based? It is not vinegar-based, although there's a little bit of vinegar in it. Um, it's more of a tomato-based sauce, probably more of a cross between a Memphis style and a Kansas City style. My dad has uh, recently been making Lexington Lexington style barbecue sauce, which I right, guess is somewhere right. in between. Um, but um, well, I've learned a lot since I've come to North Carolina about barbecue sauce, and there seems to be an invisible dividing line down the middle of the state. Or if you go to the east, it's real vinegar. And if you go to the west, they get more tomato-based. So I think it's all good. Yes, I agree. I agree. So the battle-tested recipe dates back generations in your family. Could you tell our listeners a bit about the history of the sauce? Well, it's interesting. My dad, I grew up, my dad used to make uh, barbecue sauce. It was pretty much a, a Sunday afternoon during the summer when he was grilling chicken. And everybody loved the sauce. I loved it growing up. And uh, as a teenager... I'd go on camping trips or I'd go out with Boy Scouts uh, to go camping. And I'd always say to my dad, give me the recipe. I want to make some sauce to take with me. And uh, my dad was a World War II vet. He was part of that greatest generation. And he'd look at me with a stern voice and say, you're not old enough to handle the recipe. I make the sauce. So when you're 21, you can have it. 
and he'd go on to make the sauce for me, but he would never give me the recipe. He, he just never would give it to me. And it became this running joke between us. And when I turned 21, I'd already, I joined the Air Force at 18. And so uh, when I turned 21, in my birthday card on a three by five card was the base recipe of what now is battle-tested craft barbecue sauce. And I still have that card to this day. It's all stained up, and but I have it in a frame sitting on my desk. Yeah. And uh, he got the original recipe from my grandmother, I want to say early 1930s. So it's been around a long time and I've made some changes to it, but the original base recipe uh, goes back that far. And, and can you remember that first time that you had the sauce? I, I know I was probably that I can remember. I know he'd been making it a long time, but probably 12, 13 years old. So yeah. It's been one of those family things that uh, that's been there. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I've been on a, a family trip um, with, my family who's, they're all foodies. Um, and so there's always talk of sauces and comparing recipes. So it, it's neat to have that connection um, with family for sure. Yeah, I've made um, it for almost 30 years before I decided to bring it to market. So it's like I make it, put it in a mason jar and give it to friends as gifts. So yeah, well, going off of that, um, you know, your brand has been extremely successful. Um, can you talk a little bit more about how um, you got battle tested off the ground and transitioned from being a family recipe to being um, on the shelves of over 800 grocery stores. Well, I wouldn't say we're overly successful yet. Um, we've only been at it two and a half years. Um, <clears throat> a friend of mine who actually was on Shark Tank this past May, he made it on the show uh, with his product. It's called Super Potty Trainer. And it's a device that goes under the toilet seat for little kids so they don't feel like they're going to fall in, right? So anyways, that was his product. He's a manufacturer, but um, I'd sent him some and he shared it with a guy from who writes for Forbes magazine who had put seven inventions through Shark Tank. And the guy just happened to taste it. And he's like, what is this? And he said, a friend of mine makes it. And he goes, well, you better tell him to bring it to market. And I've heard this for so many years from friends. And I don't really, I don't know anything about the food business, you know, so not my background or my industry, but I just decided that, I'm going to bring it to market. So I came home and said to my wife, we're going to bring the sauce to market. And she said, great, how? And I said, I have no idea. I know nothing about it, but we're probably going to empty bank accounts and run up credit cards. And she just said, do you believe in it? And I said, I do. I've heard it for so long. I really believe that we can do something with it. So I started doing research. There's a lot of um, organizations that are available to veterans, entrepreneurs to uh, start businesses. And uh, I spoke with many of them and they're, they're like, what do you want to do? And I said, I want to start a barbecue sauce business. And they're like, what's your goal? And I said, I want to be a national brand in five years. And everybody said to me, save your money. You'll never do it. And it's a highly, highly competitive industry. It's $2 billion a year in the United States. And if you, I mean, if you go to the store, just look, I mean, there's local, I mean, there's so many different brands out there. But something in my gut told me, told me to do it. So I did it. And uh, I found a manufacturer here just north of Raleigh. Uh, so we could figure out how to scale from a single batch on the stove and move it up into 150-gallon batches because we want to keep it small batch craft made. Um, I had to figure out how to design labels, do nutrition panels, uh, barcodes, label design, buy, I mean, the whole thing. And then I had to figure out, can I sell it? And uh, we ended up setting a, a due date of uh, getting into the flavors of Cabot, the flavors of Carolina show uh, up near Charlotte 
and um, set up a booth there. We drove up with three days to spare. We rolled it off the line. I hadn't even tasted it yet. And we wow. just rolled up and we set up and we put samples out and Shomar's restaurants up in Charlotte picked us up. We beat out 15 other sauce companies and we were off to the races, then started doing festivals and shows. And then um, I kept talking to grocery store buyers and Food Lion, Harris Teeter, Lowe's Foods, Wegmans. Um, they all picked us up and uh, it's been about two and a half years now. And uh, we're still going and we keep expanding. We just picked up a 30 store chain in upstate New York. So uh, we're pushing down into Atlanta and Food Lion's now pushing us down into Northern Florida. So it's expanding and, it, and it's getting bigger and it, it's been an interesting ride for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and a big part of your mission is bringing awareness and donating to um, organizations fighting PTSD and veteran suicide. Um, could you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, you know, as a veteran, I was a Desert Storm veteran uh, in the first Gulf War, and I, I did 22 years in the And um, I've always believed, my wife does too, that you have to give back. You can't just be a taker through through life. You, there's always got to be a give back there. And not that you give back to gain more, but you, it's just the right thing to do. And so there's a lot of veteran missions out, I mean, from dogs to, I mean, there's a lot of fun veteran missions. Veteran suicide is really not a fun topic. And it's not one that a lot of people talk about, but, you know, 22 veterans a day kill themselves. And that's one every 72 minutes. So when you look at that and you look at those numbers, to me, it seemed like if we could get an organization or organizations involved with us as we go state to state uh, that work with PTSD veterans to help prevent veteran suicide, uh, that was a mission that we wanted to be a part of. And so we give 5% of every bottle that we sell to uh, here in North Carolina to stop soldier suicide in Durham. Uh, it's a great organization and uh, they do a lot of great work with veterans and helping to prevent uh, veteran suicide. And, and have you seen some direct benefits from your work with stop soldier suicide? Um, not so much directly. I mean, we're a very small company and 5% it's not a big number, but I mean, in two years, we've been able to donate a couple of thousand dollars. And I think every dollar helps an organization like that. Uh, I've seen some of the work that they do. Uh, I wouldn't necessarily attribute it to us, but I think it's a great place to, to donate to. And they're a solid organization run by veterans. And uh, that, that was real important to us. So uh, they, just, they just do some really good work up there. Right. Absolutely. Um, and finally, um, like you mentioned it a little bit earlier, but where can um, our listeners find battle-tested barbecue sauce? Well, you can find it. Um, we've got it on our website. Um, you can order right off the website, which is battletestedbbq.com. Um, there's more information on us. We've got a couple of videos on there on the story of, of how we got started and uh, our veteran charity work. But you can go to Wegmans. Any Wegmans here in the triangle uh, carries it. Uh, there's most of the stores have a, a display called Local Carolina. Uh, so it's Carolina-specific products. That's where we live right now. Or in an area where it's seasonal. So like all the barbecue seasonal stuff. We're not exactly in the barbecue sauce aisle yet. So like we're on the local shelf. I call that the kitty table. I want to get to the big boy table, which is the barbecue sauce shelf. But uh, in Wegmans, you can find us on a seasonal shelf. Food Lion, uh, Local Goodness. Harris Teeter has us right next to the barbecue sauce in most of the stores and uh, Lowe's Foods as well. And then in the western part of the state, Ingalls carries us. And then there's some smaller stores 
uh, as you get down towards the coast too, that uh, some mom and pop stores that carry us. Uh, I know Wake Forest ha has a uh, general store up in Wake Forest and they, car they carry it there too. So you can find it in different locations. But if they go to the website, type in their zip code, uh, we've got a, a search engine on there and they can show them where the stores are with the address if they want to go pick it up. Mike, thank you so much for joining us on Eye on the Triangle. I appreciate the time and thank you. And that is it for this episode of Eye on the Triangle. Thanks for tuning in. If you have any questions, comments, ideas, or would like to get involved, shoot us an email at publicaffairs at wknc.org. We'd love to hear from you. Stay tuned for your regular programming. We'll see you next time.